Show number 158 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Listeners, we're back with another show. And this one is all internet. It is. And we want to apologize once again for last week, last year's show, it feels like. <laughs> the, the show that we did last time, taking so long, but it was just a series of disasters after the other, and technology was absolutely conspiring um, to keep us from having that show actually happen. It was ridiculous. But I thought we had a damn good show in spite of it. We did. I was very pleased with the way it came out, and despite having um, about 100 edits... It didn't sound like it had a hundred edits. No, which was the, the main thing. That's because you're such an ace editor. <laughs> oh, so that was good. So hopefully that will never happen again. Right. And um, this will be a ahead. very good show. I just thought of something. I said it was all internet, but the first thing I need to talk about, I just thought of, um, is yes. not internet. Okay. Just a couple days ago, it was Shat Fest. Yes. Oh, that Shat Fest. Yeah, the impulse and everything. And yes, of course, yes. you know, couldn't go. I'm mm-hmm. a thousand miles away. And our, our good contacts, Mike and Laura, also did not go. Oh. But it, it sounds like it was not well publicized because uh, I, I sent an email to Mike saying something like, are you going to Shapfest tonight? Will you report on it? And he writes back, is that tonight? I didn't hear anything about it. So. Oh, I didn't see, I didn't see anything about it either. Uh, but what I, usually... I want to know... Is did anybody yell look at his butt uh, when Bill oh, opened the trunk? So hopefully somebody is listening who went to Shapfest and can let us know how it was without butt girls. Oh yeah, I totally forgot. And yeah, I hadn't seen anything anywhere and usually you see that stuff because it's usually in the local paper. I've always seen it mentioned at at least as a, a small thing. In, right. Uh, well I the, got it on Facebook. But um, that was it. Yeah, so we'd love to know if anybody went to Shatfest and if there's any report. And maybe we'll get something from Will the Thrill to let us know right, how, right. how everything went. That would be good. And maybe we'll do Shatfest again one day. It would be good. We, we, we will try. Yeah. The first thing I wanted to talk about was an, an Internet thing from a little while ago. And it's um, Doctor Who related, but also Star Trek related. So they have opened uh, a Doctor Who sort of museum thing um, where you can go and look at props and costumes, much like the Star Trek experience that used to be in Las Vegas, except there isn't any ride in the middle of it. Uh-huh. Um, and they had had it in one place and it's been moved to another. But uh, part of it in the original incarnation was that they were letting people go on the set and actually walk around the actual set because they're still filming it, you know, all uh-huh. the time. So this was just prior <coughs> to starting um, filming <coughs> Go ahead. That, that they're doing right now. And so people were walking around the set. And so everyone was tweeting about how amazing it was and just looking at everything, looking at the TARDIS console up close. And I had responded to someone saying, boy, if I were there, I would have touched everything. <laughs> well, yes, we know you. <laughs> and they tweeted back and said, oh, they let us touch whatever we want to. Oh, wow. And I was like, are you serious? Like, they let you touch stuff? Weren't they afraid? Well, okay, so maybe in England it's different than it is in the United States, but... I can't believe that they let people touch the stuff on the TARDIS console, knowing that some of that stuff's pretty fragile and, 
you know, they have to be careful of it breaking, but yeah, they let people touch things, touch. Well, remember um, <sighs> when you and I went to the, the, the Star Trek thing in San Jose at the museum of whatever it was? The tech museum. And, yeah. yeah, and got yelled at for, you know, being on the Guardian of Forever. But I had been there a few weeks earlier for the press opening. I went with Mike, because you couldn't go. And we got to go anywhere we wanted and do anything we wanted. <sighs> wow, that's just weird. I don't know. I'm so used to, you know, at these things like the conventions and stuff where you you can't touch anything. Like, right. you can look at it. It's behind glass. Don't touch. Don't touch. Don't touch. And I just can't imagine being able to touch the TARDIS console, the actual one that they shoot on. Not a replica. Right. in a museum somewhere. The one that they actually make the show on. That would be cool. That is amazing. Yes. So that, that's just my little piece of Doctor Who related stuff. Okay. All right. So um, let's go to a thing that, um, <laughs> let's do the regrets thing because I just love that so much. Okay. So for those of you who, who uh, follow the internets, there is a site called Etsy where you can buy stuff. And a lot of the stuff on there is handmade. And there's also vintage things. And we, we sell Star Trek tribbles on there. Yeah. Um, and then there's stuff that's like that people put up that they make, which is terrible. Uh, and they don't realize how terrible it is. And the prices that they ask for their terrible handmade stuff is ridiculously <laughs> out of proportion. So there's another site called Regretsy, <laughs> which is run by uh, several people who are incredibly funny and talented. Uh, and they pull the worst of the Regretsy stuff and will comment snarkily about it. And I follow it because it's just so very, very funny. So the thing that I saw this week is an entry, and we'll post the link to it on the blog. <laughs> yes. Um, and I might yell. I think I'll use this image as the image for this particular show. So the title of this posting on, on Etsy is Custom Pet Celebrity Portrait Acrylic. And it costs $250. So here's the description. Um, commission a customizable portrait of your pet with your favorite celebrity. All you have to do is send me a few photographs of your pet, name the celebrity, here are some examples, Clint Eastwood, David Bowie, Barack Obama, anyone who is awesome and whose picture is readily available, and I'll create your portrait. This is a large-scale portrait done in acrylic on canvas. It is 16 by 20 inches, but there are certainly many other sizes available. Write me for pricing options. You can also send me a particular celebrity photo if you're enamored of a specific representation of your hero. So what does this painter use as the example to try to sell their wares more often? What, what could it possibly be? What could it be? Out of all the celebrities in all the gin joints in the world, what could it possibly be? It's a picture of Spock with a cat on his lap. <laughs> And the spot does not look happy, and the cat looks <laughs> confused. And, and scared, yeah. I would say. So the cat's name is Minnie, and the caption says, As a dedicated scientist, Minnie feels a deep connection with Spock. Their bond is celebrated here by a customized acrylic pet celebrity portrait. And the and price for this one-of-a-kind gem? 250 smackaroos. Yeah. Um, then a little bit further down, there's a picture of the portrait, and then there's a picture of the actual cat <laughs> sitting next to the portrait of the of Spock with the cat. And, and all I, I could say is, poor Minnie. 
<laughs> the picture of the cat doesn't really look like the cat much at all. No, no. No. In fact, the portrait of the cat looks like one of those weird, um, oh, I can't remember the artist's name, but it's where the cats have those ginormous sad eyes. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the, with, that are mostly pupil. Yeah. And, and they just like look like little orphaned things. Yep. The actual cat doesn't really look like that at yes. all. Um, read the headline. The headline says, I'm going to need $250 and a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the regretsy comment on this thing. Now, I want to read to our listeners the um, little email that went back and forth between you and me when you, had, when you sent me the link. Uh-huh. I said... Let me move this so I can actually read it. Someone, not me, <laughs> has to get one of these of Bill and a pet he's never met for a new and scary media conquered. And then you wrote back, and this is so good. <laughs> it could be a picture of him being Bill the cat with a cat. So it's Bill and a cat and Bill the cat. And I think I just made myself insane there. <laughs> Now, I just scrolled down on this. Did to you read comments, down? yes. Yes, and then there's a picture of Captain Kirk <laughs> with the cat on his lap. Unfortunately, it's a real photograph. It is, but it's still very funny. Yeah. And, and then they've gone on and they've photoshopped the cat into a picture from Game of Thrones. <laughs> my god it's so funny <laughs> people on this site are very 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 funny so yeah uh that's awesome so if any of you out there want to front us the 250 dollars um <laughs> oh here have... is a great comment it's from someone called shorty i wonder if this lady would do a picture of sheldon cooper from the big bang theory <laughs> with schrodinger's cat <laughs> <laughs> it was just a box though really <laughs> Oh, my God. It would be so funny. This could become just a great Internet meme if we could get the word out. Kind of like for a while there, Angelina Jolie's right leg was. Oh, that's right. Leg bombing. So this would be mini bombing. Yes. To uh, <laughs> have a picture of Minnie the cat with everything. <laughs> that's great. I do have to say that um, the, the colors and the style of painting... Um, if you forget the cat, <laughs> which is in another dimension, is is sort of reminiscent of uh, Diego Rivera. It is a little bit, yeah. It's sort of that that like native quality, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. Oh gosh. So yeah, if we had the money, I suppose we'd do it. But like, <laughs> I wouldn't be hanging that thing in the house. That's for sure. Well, you already have a cat, so all you need is the two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> But I could think of many other things to spend that on instead of a bad painting of Bill with my cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yes, hooray, Regretsy. That is a great, great find. Maybe as a response to this, you could take a picture of um, Jack with Big Cardboard Kirk. Oh, I could. And that would be our, our sort of low-tech low representation of the custom pet celebrity portrait. Okay, I think Jack heard you mention his name bits because he just kind of sat up and looked at me he, like, he what? Yeah, what so are you, you could do What it. are you doing now? <laughs> you could, you know, you'd have to um, 
put Jack, like, you know, have something up there so he's up near um, Kirk's face. Right. You know. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll work something out. Don't worry. Yeah. And Jack is so used to posing now mm-hmm. because we take pictures all the time when we're out on our walk. Oh, yeah. That would be great. You know, there's a. I found a Tumblr the other day that's called. I think it's called um, Thor doing things. <laughs> yeah. or maybe it's called Thor posing with things. And someone has a big cardboard Thor from from the Avengers movies, Chris Hemsworth, and mm-hmm. they dress it up and take it places and pose it outside bars with people and, mm-hmm. and do all sorts of things. It's very amusing. Very very. Amusing. Do you remember the um? God, I oh, the name the name of the guy who played Frodo. And and the, the the posing with baked goods website. Oh yes, Elijah Wood posing with. Thank baked you, goods. thank you. Oh my God, that was so funny. That was great. Yep. I love that. Okay, next topic. Next topic. Here is it, the headline: is the Star Trek Five villain role almost went to Leonard Nimoy, and this news comes from someone who it would know. It's Lawrence Luckenbill. Um, it says the, the article says anyone who pays attention to Star Trek knows that William Shatner originally offered the role to uh, of Cybox, Spock's brother, to uh, Sean Connery. But apparently, that wasn't even Lawrence Luckenbill's biggest competition for the role. Another actor wanted to take on the renegade Vulcan, and he wasn't too happy when he lost out on the role. That actor, Leonard Nimoy. He did not say one word to me for quite a long time other than hello, Luck and Bill. And they spell it Lucking Bill all the way through yes. this article. Lucking Bill recently told StarTrek.com. <sighs> I found out later he had really, really pushed hard to have this be a double role, a dual role for him. Probably thinking back to the days of Spock in a goatee from the Mirror Universe, it seems Nimoy had envisioned himself playing not just a half-brother of Spock, but a twin brother. (gasps) I don't know if this is absolutely true, Lucking Bill said. That was the scuttlebutt, and I got that from very high up in the food chain of information, that Leonard wanted to play Cybok and play Spock. That would have been a tremendous thing to do that, but since they weren't twins, they cast me. I think Bill wanted a separate actor, and he was right. We were very different, uh, different people. Uh, let's see. The best compliment I got was in the last scenes, 20 or 25 weeks later, Leonard looked at me and said, you know, you're terrific in this. I thought that was a great uh, send-off. And Lucky like, Bill like also had... Bill. Sorry? I like his quote about Bill. Yes, I was just uh, going to get to that. He says, I know a lot of people criticize Bill for what he didn't do or what he did do. Bill invites that because he's just got a big life and he plays it big. But I found him absolutely wonderful. I liked Bill and to this day think he did a good job with that film. He's a favorite guy of mine. And Lucking Bill also said, um, this was a few years ago, that um, Bill was the only director he, he ever worked with who actually gave him some useful advice. But he didn't say what it was. <laughs> uh, act like me, don't act like me. Or um, just tell people I gave you a good piece of advice, you'll get a lot of press because you'll be using my name. That's right. <laughs> Maybe that was the piece of advice, drop my name. It could be. Because I'm William Shatner. That's right. So. That's interesting. Well, I, I like that he qualified it a little bit by saying, I don't know if this is absolutely true, because mm-hmm. I never heard that before. No, that was a new one to me. 
could be. I mean, I, I could see them wanting to do something crazy like that, you mm -hmm. know, just to make it more interesting. I'm glad they didn't. I think it would have been a bad idea. Hey, did you know he was married to Lucille Ball's daughter? I just saw that. Lucy. Now, I know Lucy liked Star Trek a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they filmed it at Desilu. She was a strong supporter of theirs. Right, but I mean, not just as a business executive. She watched the show. She liked it. Mm-hmm. So he was married to Lucy Arnaz? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, he wasn't married to Desi Arnaz Jr. <laughs> that was illegal back then. So they only had two kids, right? There are no others. There that are we no know others of. that we know of. Okay. I did not know that he was married to her. No, I didn't either. Oh, Hollywood. <clears throat> well, anyway, yeah, that would have uh, that would have been interesting, but you know, doing having to do that sort of trick photography and everything would have made that movie even more expensive. Yeah, but you know, it would have just. It, it would have been like a soap opera. It's like, oh, Spock's evil twin, you know? Like well, all of a sudden, it, as if it's not a soap opera enough that his evil brother shows up. That That's right. I mean, but an evil twin is even worse. Mm -hmm. that, you know, so much of the original series was based on the aloneness and the uniqueness of Spock. That's that true. nobody else like him in the whole wide universe. And now all of a sudden, oh, sorry, we forgot to tell you we had this twin brother. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But and and I got to say I thought Lucking Bill was <laughs> outstanding in that movie. Yeah. He's one of the things that makes the movie semi-watchable. Mhm. Mm I agree. He was great. Yep. I thought he did a great job. So, thanks Larry for that little bit of gossip. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Now, um, let's let's talk about the Galileo thing cuz um, oh, that's oh. very interesting. Okay, I got to I got to get that up. Um, on my thing. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Because I was I was just going in order. But oh, let's. Okay. Sorry. I'm I'm screwing around. But I'm like okay. Here's the here's the deal. Here's the deal. Soundtrack <laughs> today. Um, Trek fans want the original series Galileo. Um, the gr this group that is called the Federation, formerly known <laughs> as the International Federation of Trekkers. Are we the International Federation? I thought we were the National Federation. No, we're the People's Front. Oh, um. okay. The prop is the Galileo shuttlecraft, which was seen in this crappy original series episode, <laughs> The Galileo 7, and it's going to be auctioned off. So, and there's a picture of it now, and it is it is in terrible shape. Oh, it's it's pathetic, really. But that, I think that is wonderful, because all I could think was, oh, my God, can you imagine, like living in this trash neighborhood or a trailer park and having this thing up on blocks in your front yard like you're waiting for your brother-in-law to come work on it. Yeah, <laughs> you probably need to put a broken washer and dryer in front of it just to kind of complete the thing. And have a three-legged dog pissing <laughs> on it. <laughs> That's right, exactly. So the, the, the uh, head of this group, whose name is Hasledge, I guess, Galileo is one of the few authentic parts of the original series. She's a star of, of a few episodes, and maybe even more impart, importantly, she is part of Gene Roddenberry's legacy. Galileo is almost 50 years old. She deserves to be saved after being neglected for so long. Um, let's see. So they think that it, the selling price might be as high as 100 k um, 
and they're going to have these fans pool money together to buy it and then they'll have to uh, make a decision on what to do with it if in fact they win it um, I could see that getting ugly at some point <laughs> yeah yeah like whose whose lawn is it going to sit on, really? Right. Actually? Well, here's some some interest. The very first uh, po comment is a good idea. It says number one, put this on Kickstarter. Yeah, no kidding. Great idea. Two, contact the Museum of Science Fiction in Oregon. You'll need some place to exhibit the restored shuttle. Well, if they're going to restore it, that kills it for me. I like it looking like crap. <laughs> and everybody else is just really positive about, um, yeah, you know, good luck, and I want to see her restored. I kind of, you know, like the idea of it's old and beat up and it's been retired. <laughs> you know, it's done its job. It has. It does look pretty pathetic, though, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's nice. You know, that shot of it right there. So they've paired a picture of it as it was in the Galileo 7 episode mm -hmm. and um, how it is now. And they've actually managed to replicate the angle pretty well. Yes, yes. Um, but that picture is amazing. That must have been an on-set photograph because that's definitely not a still from the episode. It looks so crisp and clear. I don't know. Are you sure there wasn't a, a, a shot like that in the episode? I haven't watched that episode in a long time. Well, if there is, it was from the restored episode. And not yeah, from, yeah, because that, that is a beautiful picture. Yeah, it yeah. just looks great. By the way, um, I've been continuing to watch episodes of Star Trek on the local TV channel that's mm -hmm. showing them on Saturday nights. And um, it's so cool to see them on TV all restored oh. and looking all pretty and everything. I know. I caught um, Doomsday Machine, which is one of my oh, absolute favorites. Mm -hmm. And it just, uh, yeah, it's so full of wonderful Kirklight. It's such a great, great story. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, um, we watched a Muck Time a couple of weeks ago, Ooh. and it looked great. I mean, the restored stuff on Vulcan looks good. But you know what struck me this time? <laughs> and, and I know I'd thought about this before, but um, when they're having the fight and Spock um, slices Kirk open with, with Delerpa. <laughs> yes. Kirk doesn't even, like, go ow. He just kind of looks down like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, Killa years ago pointed that out to me, I think, in an email about she loved that reaction, that he looked so surprised, like, I can be cut? Yes. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck is this? But, but didn't register any kind of pain whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> Which was a very strange reaction. Well, it's kind of like, holy shit, Spock is serious about this. So, yep, it was really, really good. And then after Kirk was dead, I, um, I said, that Kirk, he don't never die and stay dead. He don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it works. But, yeah, so I can, uh, I, you know, I think there's a number of stations that are showing it. So um, you, everybody out there should look in your TV schedules and mm -hmm. see if they're showing it. Because if they are showing it, chances are they're showing the remastered episodes and they're definitely worth watching yes and it's just fun to watch it on tv you know it's different than when you pop the dvd well but also then you're going hey they cut that part yeah, you know so yes. they, you got to be prepared for a little level of disappointment there but mm -hmm. what are you going to do this is true this is true all right what would you like to move on to next i want to talk about william shatner real life thief 
and badass. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Now, both these article, both these two bits of news got quite a bit of internet coverage, but this article com combines them both, and I think is just fun. And this came from <laughs> what's the name of the publication? Shalom Life <laughs> to Life to Life. Lachaim. Okay. Um, the headline is William Shatner, real life thief and badass. The sub headline, subtopic, is the Star Trek star admits to stealing as a child. Ooh. Now, do you want to read this one? Because I've been reading um, everything. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, so let's see. Captain Kirk recently admitted to ET Canada. Wait, wait, uh, you got to read the first. The, oh, you want the first one? Oh, yeah, okay. the first paragraph is great. Okay. The author says. I have to preface this article by stating that there isn't anything William Shatner could say or do that would shock me. What is Bill? What is that Bill? You enjoy nursing goats while pressing homemade tinctures? All the power to you. Captain Kirk recently admitted to ET Canada that he was a bandit, and that's in quotes, when he was younger. Before gaining fame and notoriety on Star Trek, the actor was a petty thief, kind of. Quote, I stole a bag of candy when I was six. I was in real trouble, and I cried in my father's arms. I was in deep trouble, Shatner explains. Okay, so what we've learned from this anecdote is the following. One, ET Canada is running out of material to report. <laughs> Two, Shatner is running out of information to share after 50 years in the spotlight. Three, it's a slow news day for us as well. We also discovered that Shatner's younger co-stars are quite impressed by his rough-and-tumble rough persona. Um, Missy Peregrim, Shatner's co-star on Rookie Blue, told the HuffPo that for a guy his age, he is such a badass. He's really tough. He was getting his ass kicked and kicking other people's asses. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, we assume she meant on Rookie Blue, but as I mentioned, nothing Shatner does could shock me. So, I'm not that surprised at the, at the candy theft. My feeling is all kids do this. Sure. So yeah, I think they're 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 right. Bill is even not only running out of things to share; he's running out of things to make up. <laughs> um, I was at uh, I spent my day today at a zoo, looking at elephants in part, and um, I was sharing with the people that I was with the fact that Bill has an elephant story, and <laughs> um, this person said to me, "And how much of that story is made up? Fifty percent or eighty percent?" And I said, I think it's about 50%. Do you agree with that assessment? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. So I, I think the stuff about them going to Africa was true? No, but I think the, 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 you know, hearing these noises and everything and realizing it's an elephant, I think that's true. Or yeah. could be true. Could be true. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Could be true. Now, the other part of this article where it's saying his, his uh, co-star, Missy Peregrim. <laughs> what a name. What a name. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. Um, he's referencing the fact that he was on an episode of the TV show Rookie Blue. Right, and it correct. aired just this week. And I was going to plays left and right this week, so I did not see it. I'm going to have to stream it. But, again, there was a lot, a lot in the news about this. And amazingly, one of the most entertaining reviews came from the New York Post. Mm -hmm. And it, the headline is, Blue, in scare quotes, Chippy, 
impossibly good-looking cops? So what? <laughs> and it says, what do you get when you combine people under 30 who look like they fell out of GQ and L with a badge? Cop shows that take the impossibly good-looking and then have them solve impossibly difficult crimes, often on the first day of the job. <laughs> so, um... I'm going to skip a little, and uh, it's saying that Rookie Blue, it's a Canadian show, is a summer import that nobody figured anybody would notice. Whoops. The one nobody would notice comes back tonight, giving those who didn't watch it last summer a chance to catch up on its many backstories. Bah, 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 bah. That said, tonight's episode has William Shatner. Yay! The Betty White of Men. <laughs> the guy is so good. He makes you forget everybody else's backstories and frontal assets. <laughs> Tonight, he plays the grandfather of a little girl who disappeared at a fair seven years earlier while with him. Shatner, the character, has taken to the bottle, but he hasn't stopped searching for the girl. So then it goes on and, and gives us a bunch of spoilers. It's a real, and then they say, well, it's a long story. Short version, who but William Shatner could get away with being drunk and saying, you look like you know how to wipe your own ass <laughs> on network television without looking like, well, an ass. <laughs> of course he could. He's Bill. He can He's do anything. He's Bill. He can do anything. But anyway, so that's, that's one I have to watch. And if you have seen it, let us know. We'd like to hear your response. But I do like how, how um, enthusiastic they are about Bill, and they make a point of pointing out that he outshines everybody. Of course he does, because he's Bill. Right, but not just because he's Bill, but because he's a good actor. Yes, of course. He can do it. He can do that sort of thing. Um, he I delivers. Wanted, I wanted to mention, um, we, we chatted about this just briefly before we started the show, that Bill was in England this week, and he was doing a guest hosting of a, a long-running um, British show called uh, Have I Got News For You. And I think this was kind of a new thing for Bill. Maybe this is something he hasn't really done before. I mean, he hosted that game show, but this isn't the same kind of game show. I haven't this, ever seen that show, so... Um, yeah, I've, I've heard it. I've heard okay. it on, on the radio um, or on the internet, because I haven't actually heard it on the radio. But it's very, it's fast-paced, and it's... it's um, quite a bit like um wait wait don't tell me where they have um different celebrities on and and it's very jokey and very quick and i think it would be the kind of thing he'd be really good at so we're going to get hold of that very soon and and see how he did but you were saying you thought that he had gotten some good reviews so far. well i ran across uh one thing in pulling some stuff together for the show it was a comment to an article about it from uh, somebody who had seen the show and said uh, this person thought Shatner was fantastic. He looked good. He was quick. He was funny. And apparently he does some great stuff on the show. Oh, that's great. Well, so, we'll definitely get hold of it and we'll be reviewing it for next time. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, now, we wish this was a video show for this next topic. <laughs> the wonderful folks at More Shatner have posted, let's see, who posted it? Zane. Zanen? Yeah. Zanen? Anyway. Um, has posted, and I didn't have a chance to watch it, but I know I saw it when it was on. First of all, the E! True Hollywood Story of William Shatner. But then, following that, there are like 50 incredible Bill pictures. Mm -hmm. Many of which I had never seen. Many are family photos. Yeah, 
they're so good. Uh, the, you know, there's, there's um, shots of him as, as a baby, as a little boy with his sisters. And you can start to you see, you know, he's in family pictures. He's got that, you know, that little boy haircut that all little boys had, at least in black and white photos. And it, it's just wonderful. I, I think a lot of these are screen caps from that show. Because if you look up at the top, um, mm-hmm. you can see the little... Um, watermark down in the bottom right hand corner of the TV oh, station right. oh and, my God. and that appears in all of them as yes. going down I think I think so anyway you're right oh my goodness well these are just there's a picture of him with some woman and they're both looking very happy and holding cigarettes and I trying know. to look quite sophisticated and I believe that's my Aunt Mary Lou behind him <laughs> I think everybody in that picture is smoking. Yes. And they're all drinking, like, uh, martinis or something. Right, right. Oh, then, my God, these it, pictures. But it's funny how the, the pictures, and I'm, I'm sure this was part of as they were telling the story, the one underneath that, he still looks like a teenager, and then the one underneath that, it's like, whoops, now he's in full Shatner, um, Kirk Light, sexy face, right. high cheekbones mode. Well, and, and you go down, yeah, there's these headshots. And the first headshot I've seen, but the one where he's smiling, oh, I had nice. never seen. And I think that's a much, much better yeah. shot. His eyes are so alive. Yeah. Um, you get down to what appears to be possibly wedding picture. That's what I said. I, I was looking at it, and I'm like, that must have been when they got married. Well, yeah, the picture of uh, Bill and, and Gloria, I mm-hmm. think. And then there's a whole bunch of pictures from Susie Wong. <laughs> Where he's wearing stage makeup, and it looks a little weird on him. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, stage makeup looks weird on everybody when you see it off stage. I mean, yeah. it, it can even be frightening. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's, it's just, it's great. And there, like I said, there are some shots I've never seen that are absolutely wonderful. And there's one, I think, maybe a picture of him with that um, <clears throat> sort of uh, mobile home on the truck that he traveled around in uh-huh. after Star Trek. Uh-huh. And then there's a bunch that I think are from that play that he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, they're amazing pictures. Oh, and they really are. He looks great. So there's a picture from Andersonville trial. There's mm-hmm. a couple of pictures of him and Marcy. Um, one maybe from their wedding. Yeah. Um, and then his daughters. Yeah, his daughters. And then him wearing some really weird pants. Yeah. <laughs> and a weird tie. But um, yeah, we will definitely put up that link, and yeah. and you should all just you know, I don't know, maybe dim the lights, mix yourself a little <laughs> something tasty, and just. Slowly have a scroll. Have a nice yeah, scroll. Yeah, have a, have a scroll. Have a scroll. Yeah. Okay, can we take a break? We, let's take a little break, yeah. That's okay, a good. good. Idea. Okay, we'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. <laughs> Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations. 
to boldly go where no man has gone before. We say it all the time, but I'll say it again. We love hearing from you. Blogging at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. I never want to be a red shirt. And I never do either, but good old think geek (laughs) is thinking well outside of the red shirt box on this one. They are offering the red shirts card game. (laughs) And on the box, I can barely read this because it's kind of small. Oh, okay, here. Click Um, to zoom. (laughs) Yes, I did. It says to discover and then the word strange is crossed out so I'll just read the whole, the whole thing the way the red shirt sees it to discover hazardous new planets to make contact with psychotic civilizations to boldly eliminate your crew like no captain has ever done before and then it says um, it's an evil card game where the goal is to kill off all your red shirts first Art by a dude who has multiple comics on StarTrek.com and Roddenberry.com. <laughs> now, do you want to read the description of the game? Yes. Okay. So, main description. There are monsters out there so powerful, missions so insurmountable, and galaxies so vast that the only way to conquer them is to throw wave after wave of support- subordinates at the problem until their mangled bodies clog the gears and pave the way for your success. Isn't that also, the way Captain Brannigan does it? It's exactly the way he does it. Yeah. He just keeps throwing wave after wave of, of mm-hmm. his soldiers against them. Also, if you're heading down on a new planet, it's best to take some cannon fodder, you know, just to get a nice buffer of targets between you and whatever it is you're after. If you understood any of that, you'll love the Red Shirts card game. The goal of the Red Shirts card game is very simple. First person to kill off all their Red Shirts wins. It's a fast-paced, screw-your-friends sort of game. Full of tongue-in-cheek humor, Red Shirts is just plain fun. Just look at the mission at hand, and then pick the people with the worst chance of succeeding. Only when all your red shirts have been eliminated will you be a happy captain. Kill them all first and you win! The red shirts card game. To boldly eliminate your crew like no captain has done before. I love that the point is to kill your own people. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> and then there are... Um, they show us some of the cards. I like the cards. I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, now the first one, he's got like the Tin Man's hat (laughs) on him, and he's missing an arm. He's holding it. And he is Lieutenant Statistic from Science. He is fully functional. If Statistic dies, pass him to the player on your left. This is very much like Uno. Yes. Then there's Cadet Crispin from Engineering. Um, Cadet Flores from Medical, a a fat, sleepy-looking dude. Lieutenant Dina Lasparta, Diplomacy. She's a telepath. Zap Dina and one of your red shirts. Grant the second red shirt skills to any other red shirt in the game, then give Dina to the player who was affected. This might be too complicated. Did you notice where it says that she's race gamazoid? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's Lieutenant Tiberius. He's tactical. And he's he's a show-off. He is. He's got a bit of a a Kirk wave happening with his hair. If Tiberius fails a mission, kill one red shirt of your choice. And then there's Rand Yeoman. Mm-hmm. 
Useless. Rand has no skills. <laughs> I want nice. to play that, even though I don't think I could understand the value of all the cards. Oh, that's very funny. Yep. There's always fun stuff over on ThinkGeek. And I think I'm going to be purchasing some soon because there's a new baby coming along in our family. And I think he needs the um, light-up bib, Star Trek bib, <laughs> that lights up. Oh, it's great. I, I love the fact that there's always new, clever Star Trek stuff coming out, you mm -hmm. know? Just all the time, new stuff. It's great. Yep. So thank you, Think Geek. Um... Let's see. Well, you want to talk about uh, Kirk going into space? Um, you mean Kirk, Picard, and friends going into space? On a gigantic balloon. <laughs> this comes to us via Trek movie. Um, there was a guy who uh, had a kickstart. Um, he had a, a campaign to send action figures of Captains Kirk and Picard and their friends 100,000 feet up into the upper atmosphere. And he's done it with a, the help of a large team of friends and cameramen. And there are wonderful photographs of what he did. Uh, so these folks were in Illinois, and they got a giant latex weather balloon, and they put figures of Picard, Riker, and Data aboard a USS model um, Enterprise D, Kirk, J.J. Abrams, and Robert, Roberta Orsi aboard the new 2009 Enterprise uh, 1701, plus six HD video cameras, tracking systems, some Star Trek communicator badges, and a few extra bits and pieces. <laughs> and the captain spent nearly 90 minutes in near space at minus 76 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. So that's amazing. It is, and the the pictures, I mean, the picture of the Kirk one coming down, Kirk, you know, it's an action figure, you can set it mm -hmm. how you want, but his arms are up in the air like, <laughs> <laughs> The pictures and, are actually amazing. I mean, they're pictures from space, basically. And, and the Picard one looks like, and this is so appropriate, Kirk is, woohoo, I'm hot-dogging uh -huh. it out in space, and Picard's group looks like they're all sitting at a conference table. They do. Wait, just sort of watching a PowerPoint presentation. As they often are, <laughs> yes. And then it shows them landing. Yep. And it says, um, Captain Picard's picture-perfect landing, Kirk's more gung-ho style landing, mm -hmm. but Kirk still looks very pleased with the whole thing. It does. The uh, guy said, the Enterprise-D landed perfectly flat, as though Picard coordinated the landing himself. And fittingly representing Kirk's more aggressive, go-out-guns-blazing persona, the NCC-1701 came in nose first. <laughs> because that's just how he rolls. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yep. Um, it, it says... Um, the comments are pretty good. It yes. says, uh, ha ha, Kirk looks super happy to be up in space. He does. Because that's where he needs to be. <laughs> and then somebody, and I love this person's name, Battle Scarred Sciatica, says, hey, the Shat was and always, and always be Captain Kirk, not this other fella. Yeah. Well, a couple of people pointed out that um, whoever did this in the little image used a picture of... Picard and then Chris Pine, mm -hmm. but the action figure appears to be Shatner. Yes, that's Kirk. That's not Chris Pine action mm -hmm. figure. It's a Shatner action figure. So of course, you know, being uh, 
fans, we have to point out that kind of thing that someone is wrong on the internet. Yes, yes. Well, that is crucial. Uh, no one said this is a disaster. No, no, nobody did. But I, I think it looks like great, great fun, and I'm glad they did this. And those pictures are incredible. They're wonderful. It's <laughs> often. But I swear, I don't know. Picard flying a conference table in outer space. <laughs> But the picture of Kirk is just great. He does look like he's so happy. Yeah, woo-hoo! yeah, woohoo! <laughs> Freestyling! <laughs> I'm in space again. Yay. Yay, where I belong! That's awesome. Yay, yay, people doing creative things. It's just great. Yes. Now, um, moving on, we're going to talk for just a few minutes about Mad Men. Yes. And Mad Men, as many of you may know, is an incredibly popular show about advertising uh, people, advertising executives in the 60s. And, you know, I watched the first few episodes, I just didn't get into it, but I know a lot of people adore that show, so I know almost nothing about it. But apparently, on an episode recently, and it's now 1966 on the show, and what has happened is there is a character who I guess is, is now into Hare Krishna, um, Paul Kinsey, who has become a follower of Hare Krishna. And here's what it says. Previously, this character had shown interest in sci-fi, including mentioning his love for the Twilight Zone in season one. Now he was approaching Harry Crane, who handles the, the agency's media buying, to see if he could help sell a spec script titled The, the Negron or Negron Complex, for Star Trek to NBC, and the clip is very short. It's just over a minute, but it's so good. <laughs> when he is, you know, sort of describing his script and, and how it, um, it's got everything Star Trek, you know, always has. It's got action and a good story, and it, I'm saying it badly, but it is a clip worth watching. Um, the comments on this are pretty good, too, um, and... It says the very the second comment, of course, says, "Now I want to know if the script made it in, and if it was produced, and if it was, was the episode Spock's brain?" <laughs> well, here's the thing. At one point in, near the end of the clip, the the other guy says, "It's not about Hari Krishna, is it?" And the other guy goes, "No, well, not overtly, but that's how <laughs> they do it." <laughs> so further in the comments, somebody says, "Are you kidding me?" Oh wait, um. It, it's uh, stepping into Eden. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, that's great. Yep. Well, anytime you can get a reference in, you know, it, it, it's good for ratings. Anytime you can reference Star Trek. Yep. Yes. So, yeah, do go watch that clip. Like I say, even if you know nothing about Mad Men, it's just a great, great little scene. It's mm-hmm. just a minute. Now, speaking of Trek references... This is a show I do watch and do adore, which is the update, and we talked about it, I think, a year ago when this first came on. The um, Sherlock, it's just called Sherlock, but it's, it's a modern Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. um, produced by the BBC. It is so incredible. Um, Sherlock is played as a like uh, high-functioning sociopath, <laughs> and it, it totally works. And um, Watson is an Iraq, Iraq War veteran. And, you know, Watson was a veteran of whatever war was going on then. But, um, and I ju- I'm just going to put a plug in. 
Um, the seasons are only three episodes long, but each one's an hour and a half. And I recently had lunch with another friend who's a fan, and we both agreed that this version of A Scandal in Belgravia, which introduced the character Irene Adler, mm -hmm. is about as perfect an episode of television as you will ever see. That's great. So incredible. But it had a couple of Trek references in it. Um, one, and they've got the clip on this, this page, um, is where it's, it's, it's very, it's, uh, it's an emotional scene where, um, Sherlock is, is talking about, you know, what's going to happen. And he says, I'm, I'm scared. Look at me. I'm, I'm scared. And I, I, you know, I have learned not to give in to emotion and everything. And Watson says, okay, uh, Spock, <laughs> get it under, get it under control. But the, the best one, and when this happened on screen, I gasped. Uh -huh. um, if you have ever read the Sherlock Holmes books, you know that at one point Arthur Conan Doyle got sick of it and killed off the character mm -hmm. by having him fall off the Reichenbach Fall. Yeah. Yes. Well, this episode was called the Reichenbach Fall, and it does appear that Holmes dies. And they've also got the clip, you've got to watch it. But um, in the original, I'm going to read what it says here. Uh, Conan Doyle ends the story with Watson talking about his friend Holmes, calling him the best and wisest man whom I have ever known. For the modern Sherlock version written by Moffat, we have the episode ending with Watson talking to Holmes' grave, and this time the dialogue gets a twist that appears to be an homage to Kirk's eulogy of Spock. And eulogy is capped <laughs> yeah. in Star Trek II with Watson saying, you were the best man, the most human, human being I have ever known. So you really have to watch the clip, but then this writer went a step further and spoke to Nicholas Meyer, mm -hmm. who wrote and directed that, and it says Meyer, as we all know, or we should, <laughs> is a longtime Conan Doyle fan, and his first big break was his Holmes pastiche novel, The 7% Solution, which they made a really crappy movie out of. Mm -hmm. Meyer also adapted his novel for the film version. Oops, sorry, Nick. Anyway, Meyer's reaction to the Sherlock Holmes homage was, I love new Sherlock. It's nice to know they return the favor. Mm, that's great. So, you know, there are these, these great references. It just shows how much Trek has become just a part of the culture. Mm -hmm. And that they, they put those references in knowing that lots of people are going to get them. Mm -hmm. They also make this, I mean, this, this whole version of Sherlock is so well-grounded in the modern world. It's really, really good. But it's also, wow, they're in the same world I'm in because they know what Star Trek is. He calls him Spock for, you know, being the way he is, wanting to be non-emotional and, and yeah. not seeing the value of emotions. And kids, if you aren't watching this, Sherlock, um, go to On Demand or whatever and watch it from the beginning, and it is so wonderfully entertaining. It also makes a point in this article of saying that these were filmed before uh, Sherlock, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, another <laughs> great name. I think he's Mrs. Bad Crumble's grandson. Um, before he got the role as the villain in the new Trek movie. So, Star Trek is everywhere, and I love when it's somewhere that is also something else I really love. 
Yeah. Um, did we? I don't know if we talked about this or not, but you know, the word on the internet is that the new Star Trek movie, the villain is Khan. Yes, I've seen that. They're saying, well, obviously it's not the same story because they meet much younger and blah blah blah. And I, I'm like, really? I thought the point of a reboot was to get it rebooted and then go in your own direction. Yeah, it's very so disappointing. So is is destroying Vulcan the only original thing they're ever going to do? And movie three will be Tribbles. I don't know. I would just, every time I read that, I'm like, oh, Oh, please. I know. I just, know. It makes me sick. It gives me an e-headache. It does. <laughs> an online headache. Okay. We have another thing. Yes. Um, this is a local thing to me. It used to be local to you. Yes. Which is that um, the 75th anniversary of the Golden Gate Bridge is happening. Yes. Um, and there, there is much happening here in the Bay Area to celebrate it. Um, they're doing parties. They're closing it, well, sort of so that um, people can walk around on it. And there are bands playing and there are um, music festivals and film festivals and all kinds of things to celebrate the Golden Gate Bridge. And the cool thing is if you go to one of our local news sites, the um, Mercury News, um, it's talking about all the, the events that are happening and there's a little um, trailer for the Alfred Hitchcock movie Vertigo because that was famously filmed in San Francisco and then right underneath it what do we see? What could possibly be also associated with the Golden Gate Bridge? Um, gosh I have no idea. What could that be? Well it's William Shatner of course because <laughs> of course. When I think Golden Gate Bridge I think Phil. Of course and of course. so there he, there he is looking very cash with his hands in his pocket talking mm-hmm. to Spock with the Golden Gate Bridge there in the background. Um, you know what I really like about this is the, it doesn't even get mentioned until almost the end of the article, this yeah. whole thing about Star Trek, and yet the picture is right up at the front. That's how you get attention. <laughs> so funny. Oh, and by the way, the reason we put a picture of William Shatner here is because that movie, the fourth movie, was that here right it's just it's great um yeah so um they're showing the fourth movie let's see where are they showing it it? says Um, um the presidio trust and the walt disney family museum are presenting a 75th anniversary commemorative film festival screening seven movies starring the superstar span not a reference to bill (laughs) from may 26th to september 15th so they're showing it came from beneath the sea Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. Oh, my screen just went away. Can you read it? Uh, Sure. Um, Superman the movie, the first one. That'll be shown outdoors at the new Presidio um, main post green. And then uh, they're going to show Vertigo, Star Trek IV, View to a Kill, and Monsters vs. Aliens at the Walt Disney Family Museum. So you can get the listing at the Presidio website. And they probably could not get permission to show it, but another movie that strongly, I mean really it is the star of the movie, is the recent um, Rising of the Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, That that's new right. one, that yeah, whole yeah. final battle and everything takes place on the bridge. Very cool. Yeah. So, yep, uh, anyway, but there, there's your weekly um, random picture of Bill to promote something. <laughs> With which he has some tenuous, you know, contact yeah. or connection. Yeah. 
Well, I have one more thing that I want to talk about. Sure. But I have to Google it because I don't have it up here. So let me try to do this. See okay. See if I can do it successfully. Okay. And, and while you're Googling, I will just point out, and I haven't decided if I'm going to, to do this or not, but um, the wonderful theater group that did uh, uh, Klingon Christmas Carol mm -hmm. is holding auditions for it. Excellent. Are you going to be in it? I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to audition or not. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I've, you know, I am very much not Vulcan-like or not Klingon-like. But I might have to just because I loved the show so much. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see. We will see. All right. Here is the thing. Okay. Um, and I know about this because um, I'm a big Mythbusters fan. Yes. And, and I follow the, the Mythbusters who are on Twitter. Um, and one of them is Grant Imahara. And Mythbusters is here in the Bay Area. And the, the Mythbusters are always tweeting about the things that they're doing. So Grant one day tweeted that he was going somewhere to film Star Trek. And I'm like, what the heck? So um, I ended up Googling it, and at io9, here it is. It says, Grant Imahara is playing Sulu in a new Star Trek fan film. <gasps> so it's called Star Trek Continues, and it's starring James Doohan's son and Grant Imahara as Sulu. Um, and then it's got some other people that I don't know who they are playing um, Dr. McCoy, uh, Captain Kirk, Lieutenant Uhura and Ensign Chekhov. Oh, and yes, of course, Chris Dewan is playing Mr. Scott. And it says, the movie will pick up where the original series left off. Well, here's my, the most important question in my mind. Is Kirk being played by an Elvis impersonator? I cannot believe that they are breaking that fine film, fan film tradition and not having Kirk played by an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Well, the guy who's playing Kirk is named Vic um, Minona, and he's a voice actor. Okay. Um, he doesn't particularly look like a Captain Kirk, and in these pictures of him here, he kind of dresses like um, an 80s rock musician, which is a little weird. Okay. But that's all right. Um, so it says here, um, in addition to voice acting, he's been involved in music and sound production, um, video production. He's produced hundreds of jingles for commercials. Um, he's released a couple of albums, and he has been involved with several fan productions, including one for Full Metal Fantasy and Star Trek Phase Two. In the latter series, he co-directed the, the episode Enemy Starfleet and played the Andorian captain. Um, and was slated to direct the episode Mind Sifter. Recently, he worked with the Starship Farragut production on an episode due to be released in 2012. I don't know what any of that means because I don't know what any of those things are. <laughs> okay, but we have put it out there for the listeners. Yeah, so maybe you guys can do a little more research. I don't know all of this fan stuff that's happening. <sighs> Star Trek Phase 2, is that the same thing? That I guess that's a different thing than I was just telling you about. So, anyway, he's been involved in other Trek stuff, and now he's going to be Captain Kirk in this thing with Grant Imahara. Go figure. Okay. So, yes, lots of things happening. So, Grant, as Mr. Spock, I guess so, he can lift one eyebrow really well. Okay. So, yeah, that would be good. Good. <laughs> okay, our closing topic is a surprise for you. 
Okay. Just, you, everyone should just be so glad that I'm so tuned in to the theater world because Bill is bringing his Shatner's World show back to Chicagoland. <gasps> wow. It is going to be at the Paramount Theater in Aurora, which is uh -huh. a suburb of Chicago, accessible by Metra, uh -huh. January 4th, 2013. Now I'm thinking, well, there might be some changes in the show by then. Well, here's the interesting part to me. It's going to be cheaper than it was Wow! to see it when we saw it. It says, tickets to Shatner's World, we just live in it, will go on sale to the general public on June 11th. However, current uh, series subscribers, blah, 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 blah. Now listen to this. Tickets are $65 and $85. In addition, there is a $75 VIP add-on offer for listen what you get this is pretty good seats in the first 20 rows which includes a special edition tour poster shatner's autograph and a photo op with shatner himself oh my god you now people totally were paying 250 dollars for that vip ticket when we saw it i know so if you got the the, the most high-priced ticket um, and got the VIP add-on, you'd be paying 160 That's really good. So anybody who has ever wanted to experience a little bit of a Chicago winter and kick off 2013 should be in Chicago then. Oh, wow. Wow. I wonder if it will be different then. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty exciting. It is. Well, that's yeah. great. I'm glad he's still continuing to do that. That's very cool. Yes, and this is the first I've heard of it being performed again. Yeah. Huh. And this came well, in, in several of my, you know, Chicago theater news reviews and bulletins and things like that. Yeah. Well, you know, according to everything we heard, it was a very successful tour overall, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, and everybody enjoyed it, and it was good, and, and he liked doing it, and it didn't seem to take too much out of him to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he had to go and rest for a month after finishing this very grueling tour. No, he, he was, finished the tour and went right off and did the horse show and the, the fan weekend. Yeah, and right off to England after that. Yeah. To do things. So, you know, as usual, Bill doing everything all the time, everywhere. Yep. Wow, that's very cool. Well, we should keep looking out. I wonder if he, he would reprise it in other places as well, like in New York or in San Francisco or Los Angeles, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Could be interesting. Yeah. So I think that, that wraps us up. I think it wraps us up also, and it's getting to be the time when I can go watch Star Trek, so that will be good. Good for you. <laughs> and... Uh, and I can start watching some of the clips here that I haven't gotten around to watching. But this show, when it goes up, you're definitely going to want to go to the blog because there are going to be links, 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 links for you yes. to go look at gorgeous photos, wonderful film clips. And um, as soon as we get links to some other fun things, we will put them up. And then next time around, we will have watched some things and we will be reviewing them for your um, consumption. Yes. Definitely. Um, great. Well, until next time, we'll just say bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.